0: Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Critique Circle, where I've invited uh, several songwriters to come in and and play some songs that are works in progress, and then we go around and we critique them and and give some feedback. And uh, my name's David Coyle. I'll be your host. I have with me today Pamela Makala, Barry Osborne, and Jay Stott. And uh, why don't we go around and um, introduce yourselves? Let's start with you, Pamela. Hi,
1: I'm Pamela Makala. And I am a singer-songwriter, based in Lafayette, Colorado. I just put out a new EP. It's called Scorpio, and yes. um, I play both solo and with a all-female five-piece band around the Front Range.
0: Cool. And we'll get we'll get to this at the end of the show too. But why don't you tell us where people can find your stuff?
1: Sure. Uh, Pamela Makala, that dot com. has all, right. all the goodies. And that's my handle on all the socials too, Pamela Makala. Nice. All right. How about you, Barry?
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, Barry Osborne. I'm a singer-songwriter based in Denver, Colorado, and a five-string banjo player. That's my main instrument. Um, I play solo and I also play in an indie folk band called distance walk and uh, you know, gig around Denver mostly but along the front range. And right now I'm in the planning stages of recording a solo EP early in 2024. Um, and we could talk a bit about that when we get to my song. Um, so this is a great time uh, to meet with y'all and I'm excited for this. All right. And where can people find your stuff online? You know, most I'm mostly active right now on Instagram, uh, and my handle is Five String Whale. That's uh, five as in the digit string, and then whale as in the the oceanic uh that's where i update the most and then uh right now if you want to hear some of my music uh my band distance walk is on um all major streaming platforms and and uh just look us up and hopefully you'll find us easily
0: all right good to have you here uh jay what why don't you tell us about you
3: hi i'm jay stott i'm a singer songwriter from uh lions colorado and uh I play my rueful Americana for grown uh, all up and down the front range in various iterations. Um, and uh, let's see, I just put out a new single in October, just in time for election season. It's got at least one verse that's slightly politically pointed. So, uh, and more singles on the way. I'm in the process of sort of trying to release some singles on a semi-regular schedule, bi-monthly, for the foreseeable future right now. We've got a bunch of things in the pipeline. I'm Jay, Stod, J-A-Y Stott, J A Y S T O T T music on all the socials, all of them. My website is the initials J and G, then S T O T T And uh And my stuff streams all the places you stream, both legally and illegally. It's uh, your immortal soul, not mine. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Well, thanks everybody for, for coming in here. And uh, I, you know, I'd like to start this out uh, by kind of asking, you know, what is your idea of a good critique or when you go to, whether it be a one-on-one critique or when you go to a critique circle, uh, what are you looking for? And uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with uh, Barry this time.
2: Yeah, I would say, i'm looking for an environment where i'm comfortable and maybe i'm personally open to accepting feedback and i i think i've met everybody in this group through song school or at least friends of song school and before i went to song school in lions several years ago um i think i was always really dodgy on critiques i i came in very defensive very like in this like tucked almost battle ready position and and, you know that spoke more to my own insecurities than anything but what i learned from being around folks from song school was that you can be in a place of radical honesty and also acceptance and that's where you can really open your mind to to having a strong critique that is there to empower you rather than like cut you down
0: all right how about you, Jay? What do you, what do you look for when a critique?
3: Um, well, the, for me, it's sort of a two-sided thing. I, a huge chunk of how I come to work like this is informed by my 25 years as a English teacher and like what's functional as like trying to help young writers. So one thing I, I like to think about when I'm giving feedback is that I want the person to want to go back to work when i'm done right like i want anything that comes out of my mouth any energy i protect project to be encouraging people to do the work even if the item in work in front of us you know maybe the writer decides not to continue with it or it's not doing what they want that's fine but i want you know so i generally like try and frame what i do like that when i'm like when people are critiquing my stuff and I love what Barry said so much of that as a working songwriter is informed by song school and my experience in that community, which is so wonderful and open and supportive. Uh, you know what I, what I, I really just want to hear like what bits of this song are landing and what bits of this song aren't landing, you know? Uh, and my openness to that is really informed by the people I'm with. Like I, this feels like a very comfortable group to me, you know, there are all kinds of people in the world. I don't feel like I'm not super interested in your opinion of my work, (laughs) you know, Um, but, but I know all your work and, and to some extent I I know each of you a little bit and have a sense of like what you're about. So that feels really comfortable to me.
0: All right. All right. Pamela, how about you? What, What, what do you look for with critiquing?
1: Yeah. I would echo what Barry and Jay said for sure. And there's speaking of song school, there's a teacher at song school named Steve Seskin who always prefaces critique with, this is not what you should do. This is what you could do. And I think it's really important for the critiquers to come at it with that attitude and I've been in critique situations where it's very much like this is what you should do and that doesn't feel good to receive as the songwriter and I think also on the flip side as the writer when you're receiving critique like it's good to have that sort of grain of salt like so there's there's critique that you get that you're like yes I there was something off and I couldn't put my finger on it and that's what it is and other times you'll get critique and someone will say something. You're like, yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> so just having like some sort of internal filter that lets in the things that will be helpful and catches the things that will not. And you can leave that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think it can be really helpful for, I mean, some there's different ways to go about it. And sometimes it's nice to just, exactly what Jay said, like what's landing and what's not is a great starting place. But I think it can also be helpful for the writer of the song to say, here's what I think is not working. Do you have suggestions about this? Mm -hmm. Or for the critiquers to say, "Um, what do you want feedback on? Is there something like, what is this song for? Is there something specific that like, you're like, I just really feel that the bridge is this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like that sort of next level of communication can be helpful. Um, But the yeah, it can it can work either way as sort of a more free flowing, like, let me just get your impressions.
0: See, I'm a, I, I like that you bring a, a, a bring that up, uh, Pamela, because I, I know that I'm a big fan of directed critiques. I, I've I remember once uh, taking a song in to um, to a critique group, and I specifically said it's like. I don't want to talk about the lyrics. I just want to talk about the structure, <laughs> and and then I proceeded to play the song, and everybody commented on the lyrics, and then it was wah, just like, no, no,
4: no, and, which
0: was actually kind of cool because it, it prompted me to write a song for the next critique group. I was like, I'm going to write a song where they can't ignore the structure. You know? <laughs> but but I mean, it was still it was a little irksome because it's like I know you know this stuff, you know, I know I'm still working on this or whatever, you know, and I, I want a shot or at, at working on that on my own, you know. Um, but also, Pamela, I like you brought up some stuff that you, you don't like about critiques. Uh, uh, Barry and Jay, are, are there any, like, particular pet peeves that that you really just make you cringe when you get a
2: critique? You know what I was thinking about just even preparing for this session was... I. A lot of it is, I think I need to be just in the right frame of mind and be ready to receive a critique. And the example I would come up with is, you know, I, I gig quite a bit, you know, which is great. And, you know, after you play people, you get compliments or questions or whatever, which is super cool. Um, I remember one time, and this was at an open mic several years ago and it was right after I was getting back into music and and I played two tunes. And for me, it was more about just getting back up on stage at that point. And I came off stage and I don't even know who this guy was, but he like gave me just like a really deep critique that wasn't brutal, but almost. And I just like what, I didn't ask for it. I know I had performed, but like I wasn't ready for that conversation. And so it was almost like, be with people who know their audience. You know, I, this guy just came in so hot and, you know, it was almost like a, it's almost like a gremlin from another world. Like, because like, (laughs) even 10 minutes later, I couldn't find him, but I was like, what, what was that? You know? So, so it's like, if you're gonna critique somebody, make sure, just read the vibe, know they're ready to receive it.
1: (laughs) And that's, That's so, like, when it's unsolicited like that, especially after a show, I think that's just rude. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's not the time.
1: It's not the time. It's not the time. It's it's so inappropriate.
0: It's funny, though, that there are, and, you know, I think we just need to, you know, recognize some folks have personality traits that kind of (laughs) compel them to do that sort of thing. I remember I, I had a friend who was, I think he was diagnosed as OCD. And he was, he had, he went to a big, it was a big show. Um, and he was like, you know, and he, and he was a guitar player, you know, but he listened to the guitar player and they covered some song. He was like, you know, they, you know, he played, you know, a sustained note when it was supposed to just be a straight minor or something. I don't know. he I, I can't remember what it was, but he was just like, he played the wrong note. And it's like, do you think I should go tell him? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he probably already knows. He probably no, right. already knows. He probably made that choice, you know, but I mean, this was like a big deal to him. Cause he was like, he needs to know, he should know that, that, that he was playing the wrong note and I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's rude, but I, but I think some people just, they're, they're, they're just wired that way. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
3: Um, I, I really appreciated what you said, Dave, about like, I, I really want to honor what are people asking for? Right. Like, what, what would you like if I can be of any help at all? What is it I can do that's helpful? You know? Um,
0: yeah. Um, all right. Oh,
3: go ahead. I was just going to say one of the most helpful things for me, I find. So I try and do it is just like respond in the form of questions. Mm-hmm. you know like if I have if I if I hear something that doesn't land on my ear I just ask questions about it you know like oh that's interesting why did you choose that word or you right. know why did why how did the melody why did the melody do that like what what's in your head as the writer right and and that is feedback to the right right like I have a right. question. <laughs> Do you all have any like really
0: great experiences getting critiqued that you'd like to share or that come to mind?
3: I, I have one that like is <laughs> it's a bit of both. Oh. Uh, I was and it goes back to song school. It's funny how song school becomes like the the rotate the inflection point of so mm-hmm. much of our experience. I was in a one on one with Amy Speece
5: mm-hmm. and
3: I played her a song and i was very young as a songwriter at that time Mm -hmm. you know so when she really had some things to say i was very startled by that and uh and and it really put like i had to like park the song for quite a while Mm -hmm. um but when i came back to it i really like tried to think about what she was saying made some huge changes in the song Mm -hmm. and that song's on a record uh, you know the the, the mm-hmm. different version of that song is much cleaner much more to the point like she kind of you know she didn't pull any punches she certainly wasn't being mean about it the but i, I was a very young songwriter so i was like oh no amy's <laughs> piece has things to say about my work um today i today a lot of what she said just lives in my head so i do mm-hmm. it for myself but but it was cool it's hard sometimes right like kill yeah. your children right that whole was it scott turnow the the legal writer who says mm-hmm. you got to you got to murder your children to make this work you got to get over the preciousness of was he was he the you, first one to say that <laughs> i don't know he's the one i hear credited with okay. it but okay i don't know for sure
1: i elizabeth gilbert has a take on that in big magic where she says don't think of your creative entities as your children or you're not ne- you'll never be able to chop an arm off
0: mm, right, right.
3: <laughs> that's good that's good
0: all right any any other thoughts that y'all have just in general on critiquing that you wanted to bring up
2: i just think you know sometimes it's uncomfortable for folks but i i do think it's a necessary part of the process and and you know sometimes you do it by flipping phone memos to trusted friends or you know collaborative partners, um, and and I don't think you need to uh, kind of to Pamela's point about having a filter. I I don't think you need to weigh it too heavily but i think sometimes it's good to get it out into the world and let it breathe a little bit let people get their ears on it so that when you are ready to record it or perform it you know live in front of like more of a concert setting you're not surprised if the reaction isn't what you were expecting you know Mm -hmm. all right all right okay well why don't we uh why don't
0: we get some case studies going here? Let's uh, let's play a tune. All right, we're going to listen to "Tell Mary Jane" by Pamela Makala. and here we go. Mm.
6: It's absurd, this whole fucking world Tell Mary Jane I'll see her Tell her I never want
0: We just listened to tell Mary Jane by Pamela Makala and uh, let's open up the floor. Um, Let's start with you, Jay. What, you have any thoughts, initial reactions?
3: Yeah. I freaking love this song. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's, that's my opener. Um, Two lines that jumped out to me that I really loved in this song were the in the middle section, you get to a line about, she taught me, I can't remember the whole line, but the, but the end of the line is to be in a body. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a great line that really landed for me hard. Um, and then, uh, the line about, uh, I'm I'm not going to repeat the line correctly but this whole world it's fucking absurd or I can't remember how like like that's a great line that really landed for me. Um a question I had for you Pamela because we're all songwriters I'm going to be like super open here. I I actually wasn't sure how to take this song and So my question is, how would you like it to land? Do you want us to understand it right from the get-go as some kind of metaphor, or would you like that to be a little more hidden?
0: And and Pamela, if you want to wait until you get feedback from everybody before you answer that, that's up to you. It's up to you. If you want to answer it now, you can.
1: I'm happy to answer it now so I don't forget to answer it later. (laughs) That was actually one of the questions that I had for you guys was is it too on the nose? Because that was something I really thought about. Um, I'll just come right out and say it. The Mary Jane was supposed to be a very like obvious metaphor for marijuana. It's sort of okay, like, great. It's a cliche.
3: Great. Well that, that comes through. Okay, cool. But and but maybe your if you already came to this session with a question about that, like, just know, like, I also was like, wait, like, I mean, by the end of the song, I'm pretty sure I know where we're going here, but Mm -hmm. like, do you, do you want that to be on the nose from the get-go or do you want it to unfold? And you you might think about that. Uh.
1: So that was It's funny you use the phrase on the nose, because that was going to be one of my questions. Like, is it too on the nose? (laughs) Um, No. But I mean, not for me. Here's why I decided to keep the Mary Jane and not go with another three-syllable name that could be interpreted in like Mm -hmm. a variety of ways. I just, I felt like in case there were other people like going through the same specific experience with quitting weed that if that could be like of service to someone else I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be obvious and I didn't want it to be like so veiled in metaphor that it couldn't be guessable you know what I mean so I, I kind of went I went the route of like cliche in the service of clarity but I still feel like it's a cliche and maybe there's like a better way to say it
0: Barry, I, I sure love I to say something. Sorry.
2: Oh no, I I love that y'all are touching on this because um, I think Mary Jane is the perfect name for you know in this song for a few reasons. One is. Um, I like obscurity or vagueness in, um, in songs. And I feel like sometimes in like singer songwriter circles, they're like, we need to know what the point is. And, and I just don't come from songwriting from that angle. So Pamela, I got to listen to this several times this morning, which is great. And I thought Mary Jane marijuana. I thought Mary Jane's the shoes. Um, Mm. I thought Mary Jane, literally another woman and so my my mind went through all of those things and even in like the brief notes i took you know i i thought um you know this could be about addiction post addiction it could be about lost love it could be about lost innocence um there was that line about the body that got me thinking about sexuality so like i like to me it's on the nose but it's also vague enough that I could insert my own life experience into it without being Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is about that, you know? And I think one thing without carrying on too long, I also thought of um, the Beatles song, Let It Be, where Paul McCartney talks about Mother Mary. And I remember reading somewhere that John Lennon kind of slagged him off because Mother Mary was too (laughs) religious and um, the mainstream slagged him off cuz it was it was a drug reference and that was bad and mm. paul mccartney was like it's about my mom it's like and my so I name. Love that in that name. <laughs> Yeah, it could mean a lot of things a lot of people
1: yeah <laughs> that's really cool that you felt there was like enough room for interpretation that it could have been other yeah, things definitely. too i like i like hearing that
0: let's see, I guess the, the big question for me was, was it, was it, is the song about you or about Snoop Dogg? Just because that, that was what I was wondering. Um, but I, for me, it was, it was kind of on the nose. Um, but not necessarily in a bad way. I, I, by the time you get to the chorus, I felt like it was very clear, uh, what it was. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I did not, there was a point where it was just like, Oh, it's, it's clearly about, marijuana. Um, uh, but yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a, it did, it did. I'll admit that was a question that I had myself was like, is that too cliche? Um, but it's one of those things where what other, what else would you use? You know, I mean, there was, there's that, uh, I think there's a, there's an old, um, Peter Sellers movie called, I think Mary B. Toklas. I'm trying to think of what what would be the what what other names are there for for <laughs> marijuana that are names you know? There's marijuana. There's, I mean, there's obvi- there's spliff. I mean, there's a lot of different you know euphemisms. But it's like Johnny Smith, tell Johnny spliff that I miss him. You know, I mean, that's that's not better. <laughs> so, <laughs>
6: that I mean, seems a lot more I, on the nose. <laughs> and and
3: in this case, I wouldn't worry about being cliched if yeah. you're killing it
0: yeah <laughs> like, it's a it is yeah you know. that's it's true yeah it's a it's a it's a really good song so um <laughs> and and yeah and and it speaks to you know like you said a lot of people going through an experience like that so you might as well yeah um you know it's interesting uh the be in a body uh line that did that did stand out to me and i was uncertain about mm-hmm. it i i like hearing jay and barry's response to it that they're really positive about that um Cause I was not sure, but I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. thinking it was bad. I was just like, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure about that one, but it did, it did st- stand out. One, one, one part that I really, really loved was, um, I think it's the, it's either the first or the, the second verse here. You say, uh, you kind of do these slant rhymes with mess medicine and mm-hmm. feast. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I also appreciate. I, I I feel like you do this in other songs of yours as well, but to me, it feels like you add an extra beat to when a rhyme happens, um. And and, and I like that you sort of delay the gratification of when the beat uh, when the rhyme happens, and and it just adds impact to it. And I'm trying to think what's what's the example. Um, uh life's no fun when i'm not with her i used to know how to oh no no I'm, i'm sorry tell mary jane i miss her life's no fun when i'm not with her to me that feels like it's a slight delay of gratification on that rhyme and that and that that just hits harder for me um so let's see what other notes do i have here um OK, this is this is one. It's really small. I don't even know if I should bother to bring it up uh, because it, it's, it. it could be a good thing or a bad thing. But the there's the point you, you sing the um, the chorus slightly differently in the last two choruses. I think we just like I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, and this is just because it's the, it's a big song this, this year, uh, the, what I was made for by Billie Eilish. And I it totally just, it just...
1: stole it from that song. Oh, okay. Okay. I love Billie. <laughs> me too. I knew what I was doing. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. If that's, 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 awesome. that's cool.
0: then. Okay. Cause that was something that, that, and I, I just, yeah, I didn't know it, but totally, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And, um, do you, does anybody else have any comments or pamela do you have any other th- oh yeah barry
2: yeah i just wanted to add um pamela i've heard you play guitar before but um i i a lot of times think of you behind the keys so it's great hearing you on the guitar yeah. i love that mm-hmm. you yeah. sound so natural on it um oh,
1: thanks
2: and and yeah. i did love your vocal inflections i loved. um i think we're in this moment right now with performance and songwriting i feel like i don't know pick a spot five ten years ago everything was so embellished and there were so many flourishes and i don't know if that was the like the voice effect or whatever and i could never play you know that kind of performance game and i love that there seems to be this space right now that you embody beautifully where you can be understated, but when you do give it that twist, it's that much more powerful, you know? And then I also major props. My my favorite word is the F word. And I um <laughs> and I love when somebody can use it subtly and powerfully. And I you just slid it in there so nicely. So I, I always want to call out great use of the F word. So
7: Aww, well Pittsburgh. done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so so do you have any 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 context you want to get, give us about the song or do you have any more questions that you want to ask us Pamela? i
1: have another question um what is the line oh actually i have two questions one is is the line she's a feast of food for thought landing or is that like too songwritery, like <laughs> Like I, I liked the way it sounded, and I don't know that I it makes me like feel anything. Mm-hmm. It's like a little cerebral.
0: I well, I just told you I like that those those kind of slant rhymes there. Um,
1: but the I, actual, I liked it. Like lyric.
0: Well, it's a, she's a mess. Resonate? She's a medicine. She's a, she's a mess. She's she is medicine. She's a feast of food for thought. Um. Well, I mean, it it fits with the extended metaphor because uh, yeah, what does Mary Jane do? It may, uh, she makes you hungry, um, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. she gets you thinking off of things. No, I mean, I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I I like it.
3: I. The only thing I can offer to you is nothing about that line took me out of the song. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: I. I think it works. I I didn't scrutinize it until you asked about it. I I think there's a few things. One is this song feels very fully formed, but if you're questioning it, maybe sit with it a minute and maybe it's just telling you you're not completely satisfied with it. And you, you could also do um and again um just in, in my head, looking at it quickly, you know, you could maybe trail off on that line, like get lost in your thought or medicine is kind of a slant rhyme for famine. So I don't know, if she's a feast or famine. This is just like blah, blah, blah. But um, if, if something is telling you you're not quite satisfied with it, like don't overthink it, but maybe just sit with that for a moment. know because maybe something that you are more satisfied with will present itself
1: yeah totally and the reason the reason i know that i'm not satisfied with that line and actually my next question is about the very next line um is because i know i chose these lines for the rhyme and that's always a recipe Mm. for not (laughs) really having any meat on the bone um the next line now i live without her and some days i'd rather not is mm. it clear that well i'm i'm curious like what did you guys think that meant
3: as someone who has quit a lot of the things you're talking about i had no trouble <laughs> understanding what that meant felt like for me that was yeah i'm living without it there are days I would prefer that's not the way it is. I mean, that, like, you know.
0: I, that, well, I mean, to me, that seems to be the plain reading of it. What's the, what, what are some different ways that you think people might be con- interpreting it?
1: The way that I was hoping that that line would read was, like, there are some days where I would rather not be living at all and i don't oh, think that's the way that it comes across
0: okay yeah and yeah, i that's...
1: again it was like i was trying to sort of shoehorn it in there for right. the rhyme mm-hmm. and uh-huh. i think i think i need that couplet like there is there's a better lyric somewhere that says like
3: maybe if you wanted maybe, to hit that yeah. hard i didn't get that
0: yeah, yeah yeah that i and i don't think i would have gotten that with multiple listens either um
3: yeah i took it a- I
2: took it as Jay and Dave did. And and again, I thought that line actually played into the ambiguity of the name Mary Jane. Like, is mm-hmm. it is it marijuana? Is it a relationship you're trying to kick? Um, I did, uh, maybe because I just listened to so many old-time songs where people are offing themselves. Um, I, <laughs> I did pick up on there's a darker interpretation of that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And cool. I think cool. you will have to decide if you're comfortable holding that space. You know, I, I, it wasn't the primary reading I had of it, but I definitely, I was like, Oh, Oh, you know? So I, I think it's in there to a subtle degree.
0: Well, I, I would, I would think that that's one of those ones where the, the plain reading, I mean, it, 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 I, hmm, how do I say this? Like, I could see that there may be a clue that you... I mean, without changing that line at all, there might be a clue you might give with one of the like the later verses that implies that maybe you're a little suicidal, and that would reinterpret that line. Because if you had a little... And I'm trying to think if you do have a line like that later on. Let me see. Um, but, like, you know, I, I could just see in the, the, the second half of verse two or something... You know, maybe you would make a reference to to death, in some way that would, or live and die. I don't. I, I. Anyway, I'm just saying. Like you, that that line may not. You could get that sense out of the line if you just had something around it. The context changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's at some point later yeah. in the song, mm-hmm. and I like the idea that it might. I, I I love the idea that it the meaning might flip by the end of the song. It means yeah. one thing. That's the, a cool there's idea. a plain reading at the beginning and but by the end of the song it's like oh that's a little darker than i was thinking
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't
1: know yeah that'd be cool i love i love a chorus meaning something different the second time around yeah yeah well thank you guys so much for the this was really helpful like i feel like this was Ooh. a a plus <laughs> A-plus critique, everyone.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, cool. thank you for, for for sharing the song and, and, and being vulnerable, uh, being willing to be vulnerable uh, in front of an audience. So, um, all right. All right, folks, we're going to uh, take a short break here and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Critique Circle. I'm your host, David Coyle, and I am here with Pamela Makala, Barry Osborne, and Jay Stott, And we just uh, finished listening to Pamela's song, and we're going to move to Barry Osborne's song. So, what we have here is Hundred Headed Rabble by Barry Osborne. And here we go.
7: Night and many nights before, I woke from my sleep. A hundred-headed rabble at my door, wanting to speak. I curse my thoughts and I close my eyes. A hundred-headed rabble rattled on. I steal my weary mind in the hours before dawn, but I can't shake these thoughts Spinning fevers of my dreams Morning finds me on the street Day as bright as night is long I got the rabble at my feet Keep me moving along Too much of this, too little of that Ensnared in my own trap I try to trick my steps But they always take me back Where I can't shake these thoughts Spinning fevers of my dreams I've no quarrel with the modern world So why's it wanna quarrel with me? I've no quarrel with the modern world so why's it wanna quarrel with me? in the long tall grass I don't have to ask why I can't shake these thoughts spinning fevers of my dreams I've no quarrel with the modern world so why's it want to quarrel with me I've no quarrel with so as they want to quarrel with me
0: so that was Hundred Headed Rabble by Barry Osborne and uh, let's jump into it here uh, uh, Pamela why don't we start with you do you have any initial thoughts?
1: I loved this song Um, right from the get-go. Like the groove and the vibe of the banjo like just sucks you in. It kind of had this like mystical quality. And then when the lyric comes in, I think it really matches that because like the lyrics are sort of very mysterious. And um, we were talking earlier about sort of like vagueness and not knowing exactly what things mean. And that phrase, hundred headed rabble, immediately (laughs) I'm like, what is that? It sounds really cool. Like I like the way it like rolls off the tongue and just sounds as like language. Um, Really love your chorus line. Um, I have no quarrel with the modern world. So why does it wanna quarrel with me? Like (laughs) I felt that very deeply. (laughs) such a good line line. and quarrel is such a nice strong like unique verb i love like a Uh. juicy verb and you (laughs) like it's not one you hear hardly ever um (laughs) so that really stuck out and i love like a line that sort of has that flipping like i forget what you call it but like i have no quarrel with the modern world why does it want to quarrel with me
2: Right, right.
1: Of that, and it goes together so nicely as a pair. Um. Yeah. Really loved it. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I have a couple thoughts. Uh, Again, this is totally like a grain of go for it. Like things you could do, totally not things you could do. Um. The phrasing on the line "spinning fevers of my dreams." Uh. I was thinking that one other thing you could do there was sort of, like, hang out on the E of fevers. Like, spinning fevers. Yeah. And my dreams versus fevers. Fevers, yeah. I think, like, the way that you're singing it has a really nice sort of, like, old-timey... Um, it reminded me, like, of I am a man of constant sorrow. Right, right, right. Like, it's got that sort of old-timey... <laughs> way of phrasing but just like a suggestion for something else that you could play with um also i i was thinking that you know you could also play around with like the chorus melody sitting maybe a little bit higher melodically than the verses um but then again it it kind of goes depends on what you're going for cuz i think there's mm-hmm there's like beauty in repetition and kind of having this um, almost like a prayer is not the right word, but, or mantra, something, something that is like more repetitive and it just gets you in a certain vibe and like feeling and headspace. I think repetition is like really powerful for that. But if you wanted to sort of like give it a little bit more variety so that, you know, your chorus section popped out a little bit, I think playing with like the range of your melody is one thing. That do you could... mean that?
2: I love that. Um, do you mean that on the spinning fevers part or the I've no quarrel part?
1: I think it could be either, either. or yeah. both. Yeah.
2: Okay. No, that's yeah. totally cool. I, um... To interject, this is awesome because I feel like lyrically and to a degree the the layout of the song is done. And this is one I want to put on my upcoming recording. But what I'm working on right now are the things like your suggestion on the word fever. Like I feel like the the bulk of the song is done, but now I want to polish off. I want to make sure the pacing is right, the phrasing is right. This is a song that I've played faster, hmm. um, but I don't want it to be so fast that you don't hear the words. I've played it slower, but I feel like it doesn't get the match the lyrics well. So right now I'm really focusing on trying to thread the needle of the pacing and then chewing those words correctly. So I really, this, this is the part uh, that's where I'm at with this song right now like getting it over the finish line if a I song's lo- ever finished <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally true i love the tempo i thought the tempo okay, was cool. like a perfect match I, yeah, I, for like the yeah. banjo part and the lyric and everything like worked yeah. really beautifully cool
0: yeah cool. I, I thought That's the good. tempo I, w- I would say this tempo was was spot on um okay and i guess uh i i i, I yeah the banjo part it was was great that that the I guess the chord progression, or whatever. That there was a sense of desperation that that really was captured with the music um, and the lyrics together. Um, yeah, I'll admit there was there were times where I was uh, the phrasing. You know, the, the the way you were saying some of those words were. I, you know, it's tricky because it. You know, like I. You know, when you're just going I, you know, that sort of thing. It's sort of like I probably wouldn't write a song that way. But you know, sometimes when you're critiquing, you have to ask yourself, well, how much of it is just like. I just would have done it differently. You know, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but, but there were definitely things where I'd be like, eh, you know, I'd sing that differently, but, but you've clearly, you were making some deliberate choices with that. So, right. you know, I, you know, and it sounds like you're playing around with that anyway, but, um, but that, that did, that was a note that came up, but, but I, yeah, I, I absolutely adored the uh, I've no quarrel with the modern world. You know, why does it have a quarrel with me? Um and you've always got interesting word choices. Yeah, the, um, and they are open for interpretation. <laughs> I, I think, and I and speaking, since it is open for interpretation, I, I'm going to kind of yeah. just say what my interpretation of it was. And I don't know if it's what you're <laughs> intending, but I actually took this as, a, 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 I think the rabble word kind of, um comes off as dismissive. When I see rab- or hear rabble mm-hmm. used, usually kind of is referring to the unwashed masses. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little <laughs> bit of like, uh, mm-hmm. this is a person who's, you know, I- I'm imagining somebody, you know, maybe my age, you know, and it's like the world is changing, culture is changing. Uh, and it's sort of like, well, geez, you know, I didn't do anything. Why are people coming at me? you know, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's about pronouns, something like that, you know, that was what was coming to my mind, Um, is that there's just cultural changes going on. And you may feel like you've done nothing to, uh, to, to, so that, that was my interpretation of what was going on. Um, And not, doesn't necessarily put the, the, even though as much as I want to relate to the chorus, I'm sort of like, well, at the same time, in some ways, it doesn't put, put the person who's singing it in a flattering light if I interpret it that way. Uh, And that, that may not be the, that may be the right or the wrong interpretation, but that, that kind of is how it came out to me. Um, But yeah, I think the, the vibe of the song is really, really cool. That, that hint of desperation, uh, the course, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in this song. I really, really,
1: really like it. Nice. I kind of interpreted the rabble as like anxiety and there are like a couple lines like um ensnared in my own trap and like the fevers of my dreams and i can't shake these thoughts that like made me think about like just like anxiety
3: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah Um, Oh, go ahead, Jay. <laughs> well, I was I, like everything Dave yeah. and Pamela said. I, I loved this song. I There was so much that I dug about it. Yes, I took it as about anxiety. You know, um, two thoughts I'll just throw out. When I first listened to the song last night, I heard the line hundred headed rabble rabbled on. And I was like, wow, that's super cool. And then I looked at the lyric and I was like, oh, rattled on. I, I might
2: be saying that actually. <laughs> oh, if you're yeah.
3: saying the hundred headed rabble, rabbled on, mm-hmm. I think that's really freaking cool. That's and I cool. would do that. I would do that. You know, like, I just thought, wow, that love that, you know, yeah. like using that as a verb. Um, <laughs> i don't want to mess with your structure but here's my thought
8: mm-hmm.
3: once i got to the chorus i was like why didn't we hear that earlier um, well, I like, like, that I, uh-huh, uh-huh. it is so freaking good yeah like, yeah i and and i mean i for whatever it's worth do with this what you like um But you have these two, like, I'm just looking at your lyric sheet here, you have two four line sections, a two line section, and then two four line sections, we don't get to the chorus, until like really right on the cusp of the last third of the song. And it's good. Yeah, so I might think about can I drop it in the middle somewhere of those sections closer to the front of the song, you know.
2: I, I you know, loved,
3: I loved the feel of that chorus and I was like, oh my God, where was this for the last minute and 50 seconds, you know, right. um, so I, I might play with that.
2: Yeah. I think it's interesting. You bring that up because the, um, I just went through a session with, with the person who I think is going to produce the EP and, and I asked that question. Oh, okay. um, right. and, and because. But we didn't resolve it, so right now, I've I've kept it in the current structure. But I'm really on the fence about that, and it's it's interesting and cool that you brought that up. Um, Can can can
3: I I throw out a thought just to like? I I have no um, do with this. What you will? I like. If I were in the producer's chair, I'm not even sure I would advocate for this. Mm -hmm. But on the menu of possibilities is what if you opened with that chorus?
0: I was thinking the same thing. I thought if that that was was the beginning of the song.
2: And then
3: then it
0: still
2: inverts the song structure a bit, but it's up front.
0: And it wouldn't necessarily and and you wouldn't necessarily have to sing it full on like the way you are in there, but it could be like you know, strum, I've no quarrel, or even acapella, yeah. you know, kind of like, uh, what is it? A man of constant, not man of constant, oh, death. You remember like, oh, death. I mean, we're talking about, oh, yeah. brother, where art thou? You know, <laughs> it's like this acapella thing, you know? Um, and yeah, yeah, I had a similar thought. Yeah.
3: And, and I wouldn't like, when I look at your chorus section, another choice that would be available to you is, um, skip the first two lines of the chorus just go straight to, I've no quarrel with the modern world. So why does it want to quarrel with me? Hmm. You could repeat that. But if you keep the first verse, like going from that last night and many nights before, like like there's a lot, there might be a lot of energy in going straight to that. I don't know. There's so much energy in this song. I would hesitate to make any decision that felt like it took energy out of the song, but. I love David's idea. Maybe just some big chords and a more acapella delivery of the I've no quarrel with the modern world. So why does it want to quarrel with me? That would be cool. They're all on your menu of choice. No, that's great. I
2: love that. I, um, no, I appreciate this because this is where, um, all of your insights, I think are right where I'm at with this song. I, I think I, this song is maybe a year and a half two years old i have played it out um and it's always felt not quite there kind of like pamela you're questioning that one line in the song it's like it's like i I feel like i've got the right stuff i just gotta arrange it correctly you know which is obviously a huge part of a a, you know finished song so that's why it's a finished song in a lot of ways but it's it's not (laughs) Um, and, and I would add, um, Dave, I think your, your thoughts on the rabble are interesting because I've, I've played with that. Um, I have in the notes in the lyric sheet, which the listeners can't, can't see, um, the phrases from, um, James Joyce, um, and and I, (laughs) you want to read that? You want to read that for us? You know, um, let me see. I got to call it up quickly. And what's interesting is it's not, I just heard the phrase and loved it. Um so it's I don't awesome. know if
0: it's, it is. It's, it's great. It's in the context right.
2: of um of how he meant it. Um but the phrase um, Who cares? this is through uh, <laughs> Stephen Daedalus the the ponderous uh young protagonist of Ulysses um for whom the hundred headed rabble of the cathedral close a hater of this kind ran from them to the woods of madness, his mane foaming in the moon, his eyeballs stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and um I I like having things open to interpretation, but um several years ago, in a very helpful way, I I, I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So so yeah, Pamela spot on. Um, and one thing I've learned is poetry and lyrics, and I'm I'm really into folklore and mythology. I I think I've been able to negotiate my mental wellness through those metaphors. And and um, the hundred-headed rabble to me is you know I've, I'm probably spilling too much right now, but just um, lifelong insomniac, middle of the night wake up, and you know the hundred-headed rabble it's all those screens it's the news it's you know but i do think you're i i love the phrase i know i'm gonna keep it but i do worry that rabble could be interpreted in derogatory ways and and i think as an expression of like an anxiety attack i think it works but i i do hear you on that like um
0: yeah Well, I'd really, I think it's the rabble at my feet or the part that that's, that's yeah. where it sounds, you know, maybe like it's dismissive or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but in your head, yeah. It's like when it's the rabble in your head, That's that that sounds more like, yeah, just anxiety. Yeah. But, but anyway, that was, yeah. I, I think most people are probably going to, well, because I actually, I'll have to admit, I looked up, what is the definition of rabble? Because I was thinking, this is how I usually think of it, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of folks- you know, may not even, I think they're more likely to have the anxiety interpretation right? as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, do you have any questions for us, Barry, or any context
2: that you want to share with us on this Any more? I think y'all anticipated my question. So right. now I really
1: appreciate this. This is great.
3: It's a cool song, man. It <laughs> yeah, is a it's super a cool, song. cool song.
1: Look forward to hearing the recording.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, we got uh, well. I guess we got two songs left. But the next one up is uh, Jay Stotts, and uh, this one, this song is called "Get to Feeling Fine." So let's play it. Here we go. It's
5: generational thing. Bleeds into the songs I sing. Scars from wars that happened before I could even fight Their ache keeps me awake at night And I'm full of moon, I'm full of sorrow Full of melancholy, dreaming of tomorrow Full of sadness that isn't even mine The aftertaste of someone else's wine And I'm just hoping to get to feeling fine Ghosts of the past follow me around They're always there but they never make a sound I feel them staring at me walk down the hall They're cold and lonesome An arctic sirens call And I am full of moon I am full of sorrow Full of melancholy dreaming of tomorrow Full of sadness It isn't even mine The after taste of someone else's wine, and I'm just hoping to get to feeling fine. Sometimes in the light of day, I think that maybe they've gone away, but they're always waiting when the sun goes down. The moon comes up and they're still around I'm full of moon, I'm full of sorrow Full of melancholy dreaming of tomorrow Full of sadness that isn't even mine The aftertaste of someone else's wine I'm just hoping again Feeling fine. I'm just hoping to get to feeling fine. I'm just hoping to get to feeling fine.
0: All right, that was Get to Feeling Fine by Jay Stott. And, uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with this one here. Uh, Jay, yeah, this was, this was a, a great song. Another, another sad one, <laughs> another <a> thoughtful, <laughs> one. As, as is the Jay Stott uh, uh, trademark. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. I really, um, you know, it, it I, I, well, I mentioned this with Pamela's and this is making me think that maybe everybody does delayed gratification rhymes and I'm just, I just don't. (laughs) So, but I really like the, um, uh, the chorus there where, uh, let's see here. I'm full of moon. I'm full of sorrow, full of melancholy, dreaming of tomorrow. That just that little extra beat there before you get to sorrows rhyming with tomorrow. Or, uh, I just, I love that. Oh, and I am full of moon. Wow, mm-hmm. that that is such a striking. I almost want mm-hmm. that to be the title, I because mm-hmm. that because you, mm-hmm. you repeat that in each of the choruses, just like you do the the final line. But it, to me, that just is such a strong line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, uh, my, I really the 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 verse that stands out to me is the ghosts of the past you know all the way to an arctic sirens call they're cold and lonesome An arctic sirens call wow that is just a just really sparks an image in my mind i just Mm -hmm. i just love that and and just that that sense of of ghosts and loss and the changing of this also i guess you know I was kind of lumping this together somewhat with, with Barry's song that it's kind of, to me, it felt like it was, you know, it's about generational change and, and dealing with those ghosts of the past, you know, and, and anyway, so, so even if that's not necessarily what Barry's song was about, but, but I was like, oh, there's kind of a little theme here. Um, so it spoke to me in a lot of ways in that regard. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I love the, uh, um, the, the rhythm of the song. It just sort of keeps us going, even though it's got that melancholy to it, uh, that mm-hmm. pensiveness. You know, it, it, it keeps you moving along. And uh, I I thought I thought it was it's really cool. The the let's see one one note that I had uh, I think in the lyric sheet you have the stars come out and they they are still around as the last verse leading into the chorus, but you actually sing it as the moon come the moon comes out and they are still around and that, that in the recording and just my vote, I guess would be to stay with the stars. Uh, mm-hmm. Just cause moon gets repeated almost immediately in the, mm-hmm. in the chorus. Uh, but anyway, but that's, but uh, great song, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Let's go with Barry. Have a Barry. Yeah. I,
2: Jay, it was funny. Um, when Dave sent us the song list, I, I was like, after my song i was like okay i'm not the only one up in the middle of the night uh so (laughs) uh, and and i thought that you know it's a nice little bookend for this conversation um i i enjoyed this song um just even that opening line it's a generational thing and not knowing where the song was gonna take me it put a big smile on my face because I don't know if it was the way you sang it or something about the words, but it just invited me in. And then as you get into melancholy and being up all night and the Arctic sirens call, um, this song is, has a lot of, I think empathy and it's inviting people in, which I think is really powerful. And, and um, I think that's, often hard to do when you're dealing with you know moody thoughts or downer thoughts so like that that's no simple feat you know so that's really cool um i also and and i always hesitate to compare it to other songwriters but it reminded me of one of my favorite songwriters and i don't know if you want me to spill that or not but um i uh dave knows this i'm i'm a huge fan of ray davies of the kings mm-hmm. and it it has i'll take that, that to the oh, bay yeah no, that's <laughs> I, that's, yeah.
0: that's a great that's a great what, name, water name check there that's good waterloo
3: like that. sunset is yeah. one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. of all time
0: it does, yeah. now that you say that barry i can't get it out of my head you're right this could totally yeah it's a Kinks kind of feel to it. and and right, i'll take that
2: that era of his songwriting reminded me of this because he would have these these like it's like a jaunty melancholy and, and it's like holding both things and that's hard to do um, in an authentic way. And I think you really achieved that. And, and so I, I enjoyed that. And then I think, you know, on the, the arrangement front, the only thing I was thinking, I, I liked also that Arctic sirens call Line, And I wonder if you could showcase it a little bit where before you go into that bridge or the instrumental part, you could even just like, um, I don't know the music well enough, but just slow down and and just get down to strums of Arctic sirens call almost a pause. And then into the, I don't know, let people feel the shivers on their back or something. But yeah and echoing what dave said i i love uh i'm um i'm kind of obsessed with the moon and uh, i love that i'm full of moon lines so it's it's a sweet tune super well done thanks
7: yeah (laughs) pamela
1: i agree with everything barry and dave have said um so many beautiful lines in this song and i Full of moon was like one of my favorites. (laughs) Um, And I had a phrasing suggestion that again, like feel free to take or leave. I wanted it to be slower, like rather than like, I am full of moon, I'm full of sorrow, more like full of moon, just so we could like hear and savor the words. Cause I, I almost felt like, when I listened to it, it sort of passed me by without me fully
7: appreciating
1: the impact. And when I looked at the lyric sheet, that was when I was like, that is such a cool phrase.
0: Are, are you suggest? sorry to interject, but are you suggesting he takes off I am and just say full of moon?
1: No, I'm suggesting oh. that the I am comes a little bit earlier and that the full of moon, the melodic rhythm is a little slower. Hmm. And like, yeah. Again, like you could play around with it, and you if you're like, I don't like this, whatever. <laughs> um, I think Barry's phrase of like jaunty melancholy perfectly captured, yeah, my experience of like listening to the song for the first time. I was like, there's this really interesting sort of juxtaposition between, mm-hmm. like this really deep melancholy lyric, and the guitar part is so like cheerful, <laughs> and like yeah that I thought that was really cool I love when there's sort of like that contrast held within one song or like one entity and it's like the two different things at the same time um effect and that was really cool um scars from wars that happened before I could even fight loved that line and it, it has that nice like internal rhyme the wars and before mm-hmm. and like yeah just the way that the way you phrase your verses in this song is really cool um i also really like uh barry mentioned the it's a generational thing just sort of like pulling you in and i especially loved how that pairs with that next line it bleeds into the songs i sing And then you're like, oh, because when the first, my first take on it's a generational thing was like, I thought you were going to talk about sort of more about like what Dave was talking about with the cultural changes and like kids these days. I thought I was going the kids these days direction. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, it's generational trauma thing. And that made it like so much juicier and more interesting. Um. I also really loved your, your hook line. Like, I'm just hoping to get to feeling fine. Like that was so relatable and felt so true. Like, isn't that what we're all hoping for? <laughs> like... <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I have, um, I, I have another recent song where I have a line, um, I'm not hoping for miracles. Good enough would be all right, and yeah, I think that it's like can we just it. <laughs> get to a baseline, right. You know, like, right? Yeah,
1: good enough. I like that. But... Yeah, and I had one last thought, which was sort of the same thing that I mentioned to Barry about like melodic range from section to section. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think like you could take the chorus somewhere higher or different than where the verses sit mm-hmm. if you're feeling it um but i on the same hand i think there's also like already aspects of your lyrics that are sort of setting your course apart like the the phrasing is already like quite different than the verse so you know yeah just yeah just another thing
3: cool all right thank you all
1: right
3: beautiful well you guys answered my first question about this song which was is the fact that it's like super downbeat lyric against a somewhat jaunty tempo Mm -hmm. like is that landing okay so thank you for that good stuff um i really appreciate your phrasing comments mainly because what you're listening to is like the roughest of like that's a I sent Dave actually a video because that's all I had. I was on the road this week. So I sort of sent what I had and I wrote this song in a group. I was in Timmy Reardon's Fearless Songwriter group Mm -hmm. at the beginning of November and wrote this song there. Full of Moon was a prompt. So I wish I could could take credit for that (laughs) phrase, but I'm glad it worked the way I used it. It inspired Um, a good song. Yeah. yeah, here's a question for you guys. As I think about this song, because you like it's very rough. Um, what if I started it? What if I flipped the first and second verses so it starts with "Ghosts of the past, follow me around"? Hmm. Um,
0: uh, I, I I like that idea. Um, because like it, you know, it's like because it, it's a little bit more vague. I mean, it's a little more obscure. And then when you get to the second verse, it's like, it's a generational thing, which you're kind of explaining. So yeah, it's kind I, of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that working really well.
3: That was my thinking mm-hmm. about considering that change. Um, all right. I mean, the only
0: on the one? only reason Very I would family. be maybe hesitant on that is just because I, I do feel like that the ghost of the past one, I, I feel to me, that's the strongest verse of all of them. So, which I guess is a good way to start, but, um, but I like the idea that, you know, it's, you know, maybe the best is not the first thing that you run into, you know? Um, but, but that's, that's just about kind of balance and stuff, but, but no, I like that idea. I think that would be kind of a cool way to start it. All right.
1: One, I think that could work really well, um, it's just that in the third verse you use they to like refer to the ghosts.
8: Um, and I think
1: like that being farther removed could make that pronoun like a little bit that link. more confusing.
3: I appreciate that point And that segues very nicely to my third question, which was, Oh, that third verse is the weakest for me. And I've already written, I had some time, I was out at my sister's this week and I had a little bit of time to sit around to myself. So I've already written two or three other verses trying, like, can I beat it? Can I come up with something better? So, um, I haven't had a chance to sit with a guitar and try any of them to know. And I also am really open to like starting to do some mix and matching with this song. Um, the first verse as you're looking at it the first verse feels very complete and the second verse feels like a complete thought so i'm not sure i'd cut and paste either of those unless you guys had thoughts that led me in that direction but the uh the third verse I mean, I was finishing a song under duress, you know, I got a third verse on paper. So in that way, it was for the win. But I definitely am in the mode of like, I think I can beat that. I think I can come up with something better, you know.
0: Well, there's um, well, one thing about the they're always waiting when the sun goes down. um, The they I mean, yeah, it's referring to ghosts. But, you know, if you flip flop those, it could be referring to scars, and if you're, because in the first verse, so if you flop, if you sw- switch those, so I'm wondering, right. you know, the light of day is really important when it comes to ghosts because you're less likely to see them or you will always see them when the sun goes down. But maybe if you change the metaphor that the they is referring to scars, mm. then okay. maybe that would allow you to change the the metaphor in that, that final verse. There might be different lyrics that would come. Okay. Yeah. Which maybe it's not about light of day. Maybe it's about... Let's see if, what what are some good meta uh, the scar things, there's scar tissue, there's, you know, and where when you go to the shower, it's like, I try to wash them off, but they're still there. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, what are the different metaphors that would apply to scars instead of ghosts? Right. Yeah.
2: I, uh, I think it's a generational thing is one of the best opening lines I've heard in a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, in part because and I don't know where this came from, but Jay, I almost pictured the the person, the narrator of this song as somebody like, Do you ever like sit down on the bus, like in the like passenger next to you? You don't know them, and they're like in the middle of a conversation. Like, I, this is like rando on a bus, <laughs> <This feeling laughs> me, which I love those interactions. And so it's like, I like that opening line because, um, I didn't know exactly where it was going. Was it the like kids these days, or was it like the more family line kind of thing? And so yeah. I think that line like reels me in in a way that um, I think the second verse is super tight. But I feel like "ghosts of the past follow me around" is a line I've is similar yeah. to lines,
1: but right. I, I can't That's think a good
2: of a. Point. It's That's a, a good generational point. thing, and then I love how the second verse ends an arctic sirens call but i feel like that's more of a lead into a bridge or instrumental kind of line so i don't think there's a right or wrong answer but um i was hooked to this song by the first line and so cool. i right. personally would be wary to take that away yeah. you know
0: this is a, a interesting question here is um you do have on the on the lyric sheet that you submitted, you, you do have that instrumental break written on there, but you didn't do it in the recording. Right. And that's so, because I
3: wrote the lyric sheet after the recording you're looking at. <laughs>
0: oh, sure, sure. But it makes me wonder, like, because um, I think you you go straight to a chorus. So would your instrumental break, if you were to play it, would that come before the chorus or would it come after the chorus?
3: It'd come after the chorus, the way yeah. I've been messing okay. with it. Uh-huh. And I don't like, I always have that like sense of inadequacy when I have a chorus and three verses that. So then you have six things in a song, mm-hmm, a three and right. three, and it's like, Oh, can we just like, I don't, this song doesn't feel like it needs a lyric bridge. Like it's kind of saying what it has right, right, right. to say, but um musically i'm always like oh god that feels old you know Mm. uh or let's give john bunsley a little bit of room to play (laughs) on his guitar in this song um you know i do think in those terms sometimes the chord
0: progression is because you've got that b minor there that's i mean that i'm I'm kind of i think it's kind of it would have been nice actually to have heard what you were imagining there because it it sounds like
3: it's playing with the key It is. It's playing with the key. And the idea was, when I wrote it, to have an instrumental bridge that feels a little bigger and expresses a piece of the feeling that maybe isn't in the lyric in a different way. So it's got, like, it moves out of the bass key a little bit.
0: Yeah, you're not um, you're not just playing over the chorus or the verse progression. No, there.
3: Yeah. no, I was trying to get out uh-huh. of the groove of the song for just a minute without giving it all up. Uh huh. Right. Um, so you know, like an eight bar instrumental space. Uh, you know, I mean, that's my own inadequacy or my own feeling of inadequacy about like, you know, I want to bore the listener. <laughs> Well, but I mean, that's,
0: that's part of composing, right? I mean, I, well, I'm just, I'm just curious, because I know Barry, you were, you were talking a lot about how Arctic Sirens call leads into an instrumental break, but it sounds to me like you would do a chorus before that. But I I, I like the idea, actually, I I oftentimes like the idea of having an instrumental break, a a bridge that, you know, takes the place of a chorus. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's, that would be
3: interesting. Sorry. I will, I will experiment with that. Yeah, that would yeah. be a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not averse to, to that. You yeah. don't have to have the qu- And it's a big fat chorus too, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to have it every time. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um right. So hmm. thanks guys. Very Some cool. awesome thoughts with this song.
1: <laughs> awesome song.
3: Well, thanks for
0: sharing Jay. It was yeah. All right. Okay, we got one song left, and this is. All right, uh, Dave. this is mine. <laughs> uh, and this one is uh, called uh, "Shot Down" in a Paris Cafe." by yours truly David Coyle. Here we go.
4: Oh Just... By front and from what I could tell, and from what I could see, they thought that I was some sort of celebrity. This trapped me in a cargo plane.
0: That was shot down in a Paris cafe by yours truly, David Coyle. And um, let's start with uh, Jay. Uh
3: you know this is so much fun, David. Really, I like and like again. I guess we're sort of Barry started it off. What it's like to name check a thought I had while I was listening to this, and I don't mean this musically. I the lyric especially when i went back and read it felt so warren Zevon to me and mm. i mean that in the best possible way like we've okay. got this story it's a I little like it. bit off the rails uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> um shot down in a paris cafe like we're immediately not doing what i thought this would be about right (laughs) like i thought this was like some some girl turned me down in a paris cafe and and as soon as it's not that that i'm having all these thoughts right like like uh you know and uh so i love that i loved i loved your rhymes you have some great rhymes in this song that are like i just like the way they go um I, I here's a question for you. Um, it is more than enough to have a song that is a funky story told in an interesting way. Um, I did have moments listening to this song where I was like, oh, d- does Dave want something else to be going on here? And if so, I'm not getting it. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm, I might just ask, was there something else you were hoping to get in the song or was it like the fun of telling this crazy story, which is more than enough for a song. So
0: I will answer that question after I've heard from everybody. Cool. So. Okay. All right.
3: <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I,
2: Barry. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say what, after I first heard this, I had so many questions and I don't know that I necessarily want them answered. Um but, but I wanted to just start like googling for clues. Like I couldn't tell: was <laughs> this real? Was this something you saw in the news? Was this something that right. happened to you? Was this something that the rando on the bus was telling you? Like right, it's totally. Just so... But I love to just—it's—it's it's a story, and you don't need all of the details to find it compelling. Um, mm-hmm. I love the movement from the A part to the B part. Um, I especially loved, um, the, the little hospital vignette. Like I, I just picture you like, um, I, almost in this like Wes Anderson-y kind of <laughs> setup of what a wonderful school room would maybe look like, but totally. probably not. And so it, I think I've had this with you before with your song, Dave. I, I think your songs are really cinematic and they're little totally, yeah. They're little plays, and and you yeah. did a, this is you. I think doing what you do really freaking well. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I hope that's not unhelpful. It's just praise. No, that's stuff <laughs> I like yeah. praise. I'm I'm okay yeah. with praise.
0: <laughs> cool. I'm actually, actually, uh, Jay. You were uh, asking me what what was this about, and I, I have to do my research. I'm looking back at my notes. I should have looked at this before I picked the song, but there, I actually have notes from when I wrote this, and I'm trying to. Anyway, that's an aside. I'm going to cut that out. That's going to edit out that that little aside there. I'm 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 doing the research as we go. Uh, Pamela, what what did you think?
1: This was such a great story, like like Jay was saying, not at all what I expected from the title and immediately, like Barry, I had so many questions and I loved the amount of detail and specifics you put in and like Monsieur du whoever and yeah. you know, the Champs-Elysées and like all those right. little je ne sais pas français, like all those little <laughs> details made it yeah, like so real and like so good so cinematic so it just put us right in the story um I also really liked your the musical breaks where you did the like fast strumming Mm -hmm. that was really cool and again kind of like cinematic flair just like we're moving to the next scene (laughs) like right total
3: silent movie kind of break yeah
1: totally totally Yeah.
3: yeah
1: um I have one thought about like verse two and B section two.
8: Um, okay, I'm pulling I up. I
1: think that, and I don't know how this would work exactly because like the music and the melody is different, but I could see the, from what I could tell and from what I could see, they thought that I was some sort of celebrity section coming before the news cameras flashed as I signed autographs, but mm. I just had to mm. laugh, je ne sais pas, Francais, because it's sort of like, when that happened and, like, the news cameras, like, it sort of seems like that second part's explaining what already came before, and it, I don't know, I just okay. thought maybe it would make more sense, like, flipped.
0: Okay, I can see that, okay.
1: Um. Okay, one other thing about the final line, mm. Um, I was French for a day. Like, that is so hooky and fun. I don't
7: know.
1: Um, this is kind of like Jay's comment for a Barry song. Like, I wondered if that could show up, like, earlier and more often. If that could oh, be interesting. sort of more of, like, a repetitive hook versus just the closing tag. Because It would like also so be a great catchy. title.
3: Yeah, It would oh, also be okay. a great title. It would be a great title. Although,
1: Shot Down in a Paris Cafe is also a great title.
3: It is.
0: <laughs> but I, it's interesting. It's kind sort of a bait and switch, though, like you guys are saying. It's like you expect it to be something else. Uh, Although totally. I French for a day, what what would that mean? You know, uh, this that, is,
1: that It also would never be what anyone would expect from that title. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There totally. um, <laughs> was something else. I have a really, really nitpicky comment about yeah. verse one. And yeah. Feel free to. Okay.
0: Bring it on. Bring it on.
1: The rhyme scheme, when you've got, like, your A, cafe, and day in the first part. By the way, I really loved the rhyme scheme on the verse. Okay. And then in the Thank second you. half, it's, like, the same A sound took me away at the hospital day.
0: Uh-huh. And it's, mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: It's, like, a little repetitive on the, like, sound of... Okay. Like, I kind of was great, but it's also so like such a little nitpicky thing that yeah
0: no okay totally... do, do i do that with the other ones or do i mix it up no
1: you don't board?
0: okay yeah you're, you're right know. um okay okay
2: okay all right all right you could tweak that in inflection to like go down on a way and then up on they or um i I agree. I think that's super minor, but I I always worry in my own songs is it getting too sing songy where it lulls you,
3: and mm. um, yeah, you, but like just to I I my brain immediately started chewing on how to rephrase the when they t- when they took me away. You could just switch to like a passive construction. I was taken away, and you. I don't know, just yeah. a way to change up the sounds in uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. those lines,
2: you
0: know. Okay. 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 I'll look at I'll look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. As I'm
1: thinking about it, I do also really like the at the hospital they thought I was somebody else.
0: Yeah. So
1: I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like Yeah. Maybe well, as is is like great.
0: I mean I could I could well yeah. Anyway, there's a couple of different ways to, to, to work with that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a good note. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And I also, um, there are just so many like fun rhymes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the news cameras flashed as I signed autographs, but I just had to laugh and like the, in the first, in the first verse outside my hotel and they thought it was somebody else. Like there's a, mm-hmm. it's just so fun.
0: <laughs> cool. Oh, so good. Fun. Oh, good. I love this. I love this. Um, All right. It's a little bit of context here. Okay. I I had totally forgotten what prompted this, but I actually, these were, uh, my roommate and I, we, we would sometimes just pull random prompts from, from various books. And then we run off into different rooms and write our own songs separately. Um, cool. And this one was, uh, the words were, let's see the word. I don't know. I guess tracer was the word that, that got me down. Uh, but I, I think that my, the big thing was that I was, I don't think I always think of this in, in, in terms of, I don't, I'm not always trying to write a cinematic song. This right. one, I definitely was, I was thinking, um, there's kind of a, a subgenre of indie indie folk or indie rock. You know, I'm thinking like Bell and Sebastian or death cab for cutie. And this doesn't, yeah. my voice doesn't sound like either any of those, but, but like, um, where they, they kind of do, they, they're into new wave cinema, right? Right. And, and so Total. I was kind of thinking, like, this was kind of a screwball comedy from the 60s, you know, new wave, French new wave. And I was trying to put, you know, detail that, you know, particularly the, and 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 I know I, I mispronounced champs I man, I, I I was mispronouncing that so many times, um, and I don't think I got it right this time. But but like just the idea of like somebody being chased by a mob in a wheelchair rolling down the Champs Elysees. Oh yeah, I thought See, uh,
3: Peter Sellers is going to play you in the music video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there
0: you go. <laughs> so so that was what I was I was thinking. Um, and just the idea that there's a, you know, they think that this is some, uh, Zazie on the Metro. I, I haven't seen that one, but I'll, I'll check that <laughs> uh, I don't um, know if
2: there's a movie, but it's a novel, but it's like that. It, yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
0: So, so that's what I was oh, thinking. My. And I totally wanted to to do that and sort of capture the screwball energy with the, um, that there, the, the strumming that I'm doing is kind of like, I'm, I, I'm doing this kind of hammer on. Th- it was an interesting thing for me. And then the thumb base is actually a new addition that I was, you know, when you're recording this for when I was recording for this last night, because I forgot to pick a song early in the week, uh, I had to re-record it, and because I've made some changes to it, I had once brought it to a critique group, and they didn't understand what the hell I was talking about. Um, so this is wrong a lot group. clearer than the first group. version. <laughs> Um what was your well, okay now i forgot the question you had jay was there a deeper oh, meaning
3: yeah like and, and again like making the point that if the point of this song is to be a screwball comedy story that is more than enough but i had a couple moments of wondering did you want something else to be going on
0: that it was it, no no okay. i would say that it's really right. just intended to be kind of a screwball comedy it's not i mean i i think at the time and and let's be honest, all the time there's some sort of French riot going on, some sort of protest that's getting out of totally. hand. Totally. It's a very totally. common thing. But at the time there was some sort of uh uh French protest that had gotten out of hand, and I was thinking, okay. So uh, then
3: so then if I may offer a thought and yeah. you are the writer, do like given that, I would double down on the French for a day being the title.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, this is you know, this is actually really interesting because i wasn't sure how to end this and french for a day was one of the things that i was like wow that's a really crappy way to end it because he's not really it's french perfect. It's He's great. not French. Perfect. Perfect. It's and, great. And, and originally it was like king for a day because he was being treated like royalty or whatever yeah right and, right and changed it to french for a day but but it's it's good to hear from you all that that you like french for a day i, I think that's so I'm, I'm, I'm curious now I got to strategize. How can I fit that in to the song? You know, it is, it's It's also places.
1: interesting that you have like, there's sort of two threads. There's like the, the people mistaking you for a celebrity thread mm-hmm. and like the people thinking that you're French when you don't speak any French thread.
8: <laughs> and yeah.
1: that was one question I had, like in the first verse was the reason you got shot down in the cafe just like a passing bullet from a riot, or because someone thought you were the celebrity and they were trying to assassinate the celebrity.
0: You're you're right. You know? There's there could be two interpretations there. I my thought was just that it was a stray bullet. But right. I like the idea that it might be they thought this was some sort of celebrity, or it could be, you know, maybe it was a foreign dignitary, and that's why they weren't confused about the person right. not right. Uh, speaking French, you know. Um I like that, I like that ambiguity
2: i think to just um this is a fun way tangentially to just acknowledge like how chaotic the world feels right now and yeah. like i don't know maybe it's a good cue for me instead of like getting you know all respect to everything that's happening in the world maybe not always get super <laughs> depressed about it but be like i don't know it's kind of a wacky world right now totally. and um i i was just thinking and you know, um, I was listening to an Irish comedy podcast just last night that put me in this mindset where one of the hosts is is a Dublin tour guide and they just had riots in Dublin last week. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know how many people are on his tour, but he was like, it wasn't canceled. And he was like, and six people still showed up. So I was like, I guess I'm gonna like take you on this tour of Dublin while the cops are like mopping up these fires and <laughs> arresting people. And it... it it captures that manic zany energy it's a weird world you know yeah I celebrate
3: it well know? that's that's what i meant when i said this totally yeah. had me thinking warren Zevon thoughts yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
0: like, yeah. I, I, hey i'm i'm i, I love warren Zevon. He, he covers topics that nobody else covers and that's you know and oftentimes right. it is about those kind of foreign affairs types of things one thing I just want to bring up about the the, the idea of the tour guide going through well, the riots and stuff. Um, this came up in the last episode, uh, but the, uh, you know, uh, Electric Avenue, that song, I'm going to mm-hmm. walk down to Electric Avenue. That's such a dancy song, such a, you know, fun song. And it was written about the Brixton riots in the late, late yeah. 70s or early 80s. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I had no idea Um, that was so, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, writing an upbeat song about, about uh, serious things can be, you know, it can be transforming. So. (laughs) Hey gang, thank you so much. I really appreciate the input. That was really, really helpful. Um, And I guess that brings us to the end of our, uh, our episode here. Let's uh, do a round again here where um, let just, Tell us how we can get a hold of you or, or find your music online. Uh, let's start with you, Pamela.
1: You can find my music on any platform you like to listen to music on. Um, I am especially partial to my new EP that just came out. It's called Scorpio, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, Pick Your Poison. And the best way to keep in touch and find out when I'm playing is to sign up on my mailing list, which you can do on my website, PamelaMakola.com.
0: Can you spell that for us again?
1: P-A-M-E-L-A-M-A-C-H-A-L-A.com.
0: And I'll have links to this in the description anyway, but, but yeah, it's all good. (laughs) So, all right. How about you, Barry?
2: Yeah. um, I don't have a lot out solo at the moment, but, that hopefully is going to change in 2024. But um, my band Distance Walk is on all streaming platforms. You can just look us up. We have an EP and a few singles out. And that band is very much going forward. And then um, I do a lot on Instagram. So if you just look for me, Barry Osborne at five string whale, that's five the digit um, string whale as in the sea creature um, that's where I'm mostly updating. All right. And how about you, Jay?
3: Uh, I'm at j.stott Stott, music on all socials. And my website is the initials J and G then S-T-O-T-T. So that's JG jgstott at jgstott.com. And I'm streaming everywhere. You do that sort of thing. <laughs> Hey, I
0: just want to thank all of you for coming. Thank you so much. This was a wonderful time. It was uh, just always a good time to, to spend time with uh, as talented uh, singer-songwriters as you three and uh, and just good people. You get, you're just a good hang. All right, and that's a wrap. Be sure to like and review the podcast and you can follow me at my website at davidcoyle.com. That's D-A-V-I-D-C-O-I-L-E.com or on Facebook at Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. If you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, you can email me at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider contributing to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or PayPal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting.
4: I got shot down in a Paris Cafe. There was-